Division 8 community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without also creating division and community. Um, we are back from our little short break. Easter, it turns out, is very busy around the church. <laughs> <laughs> I am your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, where we record this and every episode of the podcast. And I am here with my co-host um, and also team member here at the church, John Wagler. Wags? Yes, sir. What's going on? Oh, a lot. Um, you know, sometimes I wish we would hit record on our pre-conversations on a podcast. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> we had just had a 30-minute sucker that... Yeah. It was really good. I always wonder. I'm thankful for it. It's so weird the amount of our relationship that goes through these microphones. <laughs> because, like, we sit here with the headphones on and talk to one another when it's not recording through the microphones about just, like, whatever. It is funny. <laughs> How are things going for you in these last couple of weeks? Uh, well, I'm. Uh, yesterday sucked because I got the second shot. And um, I thought I was in the clear because I had gone 10 hours and felt totally fine. And then um, hours 11 through 20. Turns out reprogramming your <laughs> RNA is no small feat. <laughs> 11 through 20, I had chills, small fever. Um, but then it was like gone. Yeah, I mean, so, you're fine. Yeah, I like yeah totally cool. feel fine. Today, but. I got the other reaction, which was like, I never really crashed, but I was sore and like tired for days. But never enough to like, I got to go to bed. Yeah. It was weird. Like I, I just had felt like I kept telling people I'm okay. Um, I just feel like I like ran a marathon without training or stretching. Yeah. Like yesterday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm good. I'm like, I worked out this morning, felt fine, all that stuff. Cool. So it was back in it. The bounce back. It seems like the worse people were on the day of or the day after, the harder they bounced. Like they're yeah, way bounced back. I, yeah, I was yeah. a slow recovery. Jenny definitely bounced like a racquetball. <laughs> um cool yeah it's been a good couple of weeks we had a great easter here at hill city hopefully everybody out there um had a good one as well and uh, now we're ready to get back into it um before we get into the meat of our show which today we're going to talk about um i think something that affects lots of communities but is a new thing to richmond which is casinos yeah Yeah. sort of the ins and outs of casinos and gambling and how they affect communities and and sort of what our takes are on it But before we do that, we're going to do our new segment for 2021 from the feed. All right. Well, um, you know, the feed is really only one thing right now. We could try to pretend like it's not, but that would say one before we get into the series. You have one one positive one One, (laughs) or like one funny one. one. Okay. I just before we get into the series one, you know, the term blowing smoke up your. Yeah, I didn't. I just found out where that came from. Yeah, to resuscitate people by blowing tobacco up their, up their rear butts. End. Yeah, yeah. tobacco enemas. I didn't realize that. Tobacco enemas. <laughs> so what an upsetting phrase. I know. <laughs> anyway, I just it, it happened to be in my feed. Yeah, I, it was Someone. in mine too. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, so funny. Oh, anyway, man. Um, but yeah, primarily the feed has been um, re-dominated by the conversation about um, policing in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the death of Dante Wright in Brooklyn Center, and then the video being released of um, 13-year-old uh, Adam Toledo in Chicago has really reignited, and, and all during the week of Derek Chauvin's trial yeah. for um, the death of George Floyd, has really um, made the feed sort of say, hey, we're not done with this conversation. Yeah, for um, sure. Which I think we all knew intrinsically, but really 
the timing as wild. So, you know, obviously our hearts are heavy for the loss of life. Um, I, it's so weird. Like the, the people that are left behind after these events are always like a thought, but Mm. it's really been hitting me recently. Like the moms that are like left behind, like that is, that's true. I, you know, I don't have the answers to this stuff, you know, like, yeah, I, I think a lot of people like to claim they have the answers to all this stuff and we see some of the problems and we've had police officers on our podcast, you mm-hmm. know, like that are great people yeah. and do th- the job the right way. We've had people, you know, obviously come from different perspectives on the whole thing. I just, you know, you mentioned something the other day that um, sat with me and, and it's just been, I think it, it resonated with me so much because that's like how I've been feeling. Like I just feel so much mourning and lament over just all this stuff. We're to mourn with those who mourn as Christians. Yeah. You know, I just, that's just what I feel now. And, um, I want to do what we can as a church to help impact society in a great way. And we're going to always do that stuff. But I just have been like more in this, I don't know. I just, you know, I was praying through um, after seeing some of this stuff and was just thinking like, man, you know, what's the humble position in this? Mm. And um, to me, and I know there's a lot of different perspectives, but just to me, I'm like, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to mourn over this and lament over this. And in the midst of this, just begin to see like, okay, and the ways for us as a church um, that we haven't been as active as we should be in our community. Like mm-hmm. we need to repent over that and be yeah. better, you know, and we're, we can't solve it as a church, but we can, you know, make a difference in mm-hmm. some of the things that play into some of this stuff. And so that's just kind of been what's stirring in my head. Yeah. I mean, I think similar for me, I, you know, real mourning um, causes action. Like if anybody's ever lost a loved yeah, one totally. and truly mourned them, you move forward in a different manner. Um, so I don't, you know, I think there's anger and it's warranted and a lot of the times drives things to get done. Um, and I've been angry and mm-hmm. I've been, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast. I've, I have been and probably will again participate in, in protest and, and action. But um, to do that from a place of mourning, from a place of brokenness, personally, um, I think we'll always make better results. Like if you think about, again, if you've ever lost a loved one and truly mourned them, you move forward in life thinking like, what would this person, what would this person think about this? Or like, how would I make my granddad, you know, proud in this situation? Or how would I, how can I make the world better, you know, than it was when they left? Or, you know, like real, I think real mourning pushes you to action. Um, Not the kind of like, it's sort of I heard somebody say it one time it's the difference between back row mourning and front row mourning you know like at a funeral the family sits in the front row and the people who are really close to them sit in the front row yeah like I know I can't be in Brooklyn Center and I can't be in Chicago but I want to feel or I would like to sort of spiritually be in the front row um if that makes sense yeah um and whatever that means so it's just really sad um it's sad it's it can be infuriating. It's It feels like looming hopelessness sometimes, I think. But 
I think we just, another thing about mourning as a Christian is that it gives us hope because it pushes yeah. us toward a better world and the kingdom coming to, to earth. So that's, that's yeah. and I think I, I love the point of like it, real authentic mourning and feeling does lead us to action because when you begin to see, you know, we've been on some calls recently about affordable housing, mm-hmm. you know, um, we do a lot with foster care and adoption, like in our church, um, we've got organizations we partner with that are really diving into some of the tougher areas. We've got one of our partners working in prisons. We've got you know people working in, um, in communities that just, you know, are underprivileged for one reason or another. And then we're, trying then when you look at the other way as a church trying to step into the conversation of like discipling well Mm -hmm. in some different ways you know and one of them one of the new things we'll do is around justice as well but i just want to encourage anyone who's listening to if you've never worked in an underprivileged anything Mm. go volunteer at one for a long period of time yeah don't do it for the don't do it on sun don't do the soup kitchen on sundays if that's a good start cool but like but like really get involved and do something there one of the most formative experiences Lacey and I ever did um, was doing youth ministry um, in a lower income area here in Richmond. And we did that for several years and it really reshaped so much of how we think it was a um, pivotal experience. Um, And not just because we were like in it, we weren't just trying to come in as like a rescuer or like a helper or whatever. It was just like, we're just kind of in it and trying to learn. And anyway, I just encourage people to do stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've this year I've walked with a couple of families, um, you know, kind of from homelessness all the way to employment and housing, like stable housing. And I said the other day, I was like, if you have an opinion about how, um, employment and, and unemployment and all of that stuff works in this country, but has ne- have never like started with somebody from homelessness all the way to employment. Um, yeah, it would probably change <laughs> your opinion if you did, because boy, is yeah. that system rigged. <laughs> no, it, it, there's yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that's that's our end of the feed. Um, it would be disingenuous for us not to to try to ignore that. That is a hundred percent what the feed is, and to talk about it. But um, now we're going to move into our primary conversation um, about casinos in RVA. Y'all know we stay curious over here. here, here, here. All right, so casinos in Richmond, <laughs> because we just talked about how I actually, once I heard myself say RVA, I hate the way it sounds when I say it out loud. Um, so casinos, it seems like, are coming to Richmond. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a done I mean, Yeah. Pretty much a done deal, or it's I think so. quickly on its way to being a done yeah. deal. Um, One of, I think, four, four areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a couple of different, like, levels to this conversation there's definitely like the practical level of like is this good economically you know socioeconomically for for the um city and that's like a that's a conversation that we you could have regardless of like faith perspective right Mm -hmm. um and then there's the level of like where does it go so if it's coming what what where did they build it yeah and there's a whole probably my my biggest feelings around it are around that part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. There was a, some, some of you may have seen it and I don't even know how prolific the sign actually was, but there was a picture of a sign of it, like a yard sign that was basically like build it over there. It was like, yeah. don't build it. Yes. To casinos, but not in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Ooh boy, I had some feelings about that <laughs> sign. 
Um, and then there's, of course, like the wider sort of faith and ethical yeah. um, layer to it of just gambling and like uh, legalized vice, I guess, kind of. Yeah. And so there's a lot to the conversation. It's a lot. Sure. It has many layers. Um, yeah. So, John, what have you been kind of thinking through as you have been sitting in conversations about this over the last couple months? Yeah. So I think there's like a, to your point, there's a big picture and then there's like all these little things that play into that big picture. And I think, um, honestly, I like to wager with friends on things. Yeah. Like little, so there's like a part of it where I'm like, if we're gonna go play golf or we're going to do something that's skill oriented or whatever, I kind of like when there's something on the line. Yeah. And is that right or wrong? I don't know. But the, the, I, to me, it's like a neutral, right. a neutral thing. Right. And, um, I, I love that. I, I love, listen, even in our, with our kids, we do, a not, no money's exchanged, <laughs> but, um, you know, with the tournament, you know, the NCAA tournament, we do a brackets and there's a winner and they're losers. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that too. And now the winner just gets to, pick whatever cereal they want for breakfast but like they're so i um i think it's there's like if you want to look at different perspectives there's like all right what is is gambling wrong Mm -hmm. and i don't i just want to caution people to get like too legalistic about this right you know just in its entirety um of just being like all gambling is wrong and i understand that but then folks that kind of stay in that place of all gambling is wrong. It's like super real legalistic about it. You've got to be consistent within every other part of your life. Right. Like you, you can't say all gambling is wrong, but I don't know because it's like, you might say, cause it's addictive because these are bad behaviors and it's not healthy for people. I'm like, well, I hope you eat really well. Right. Yeah. There's, <laughs> so, there's an aspect of it. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I think, like understanding that there is at, at a point a line that you cross, right? Mm-hmm. And in the same way, we could talk about drinking in the right. same way. It's, it's, you know, so anyway, I think maybe getting away from the legalism, I actually wrote down some questions. If, you know, if you're a Christian, like what is this? Um, how do you like process it? Yeah. And um, so here's some questions that I, I wrote down that I think could be helpful. Um, one is greed the motivator. Is greed the motivator. Yes. Okay. Which is like a good thing to mm. be, because ultimately, if it is, we know that that doesn't go along with our faith, right? right? Um, and the reason why I say that is because I've talked to some people rec- recently who actually go to casinos. And I would say, like, I don't think greed is actually the motivator. Hmm. I think, to me, like, one of them I was more like the fun engagement with some friends yeah. was really the point. And the second one that I talked to was really more of the skill yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, my dad always taught me like, um, cause my dad likes, likes to go to a casino or play cards or whatever. And my granddad did. Put him on they, blast. they had a really, well, I mean, he's also <laughs> a financial advisor. Like no, nobody has a better attitude about gambling than my dad. Um, but he always taught me, he was like, if you go in with $20, whether you walk out with $200 or you walk out with $0, make sure that the only reason you're there is to have $20 worth of fun. Right. That's if you look at it, like a, that's why I like arcade machines. Like arcades, do you remember when they came out, like Pac-Man, and then like, you oh, know, yeah. they got, I feel like they confounded the people, like older people, because they're like, what do you get? It's like, well, I don't know. You get a 50 cents worth of fun, I guess. You just keep pumping quarters in. And well, if you beat all the boards, what happens? Nothing. I mean, I just beat all the Victory. boards. Victory. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So it's like, if you look at gambling that way, it's probably a little more. Yeah. 
So is greed the motivator? I think another thing is, is there an addictive element? Mm. You know, um, a good way to know if it's addictive is if you're trying to keep it a secret, mm, okay. you know, um, and um, or honestly, if you keep getting in more debt. Yeah. You know, yeah. so Once you start taking those uh, credit card cash advances yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does this hurt people around you in some capacity? So, um, you know, if if you're married, let's say your gambling could absolutely hurt, you know, your family. Um, is it possible to gamble um, uh, and it, it'd be fun and not sinful? That's one of the things that I was like processing in this, like, mm-hmm. of like, all right, I do like it on the golf course when we're like, you know, we ha- there are certain games you can play uh, on the golf course and which is just fun. I wouldn't consider that sinful. Right. Um, is there a desperation element to it? Um, like this is my last ten dollars and I try to make it into a hundred dollars. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Proverbs thirteen um eleven, I think. It's in Proverbs thirteen, but it talks about like get rich quick yeah. elements, you know. Um uh is this about materialism or a love of money? You know, obviously spoken against in scripture. Um, does it help hurt or is this neutral with your faith? Mm. You know, so I think those are questions that we can ask ourselves when we're engaging anything related to a casino or gambling in general. Yeah. I think that could be helpful. Yeah, that's good. I um was kind of joking with you yesterday when we decided or two <laughs> days ago when we decided we were gonna do this that it's really gonna be like an outing for like I'm gonna out myself. <laughs> I and you know, listening to you talk and thinking about it, my own history with gambling, um I don't know I think that it would be um, dishonoring to people who have really fought and beat gambling addictions to say that I had a gambling addiction, but like I definitely engage in gambling in an addictive way. Mm. So like when you said keeping it a secret, when I was traveling for, when I was in the business world, traveling for work, there were definitely times where I would be somewhere and go by myself to a go by myself which is right. you know, drinking by yourself right yeah i would go by myself to a casino man the potawatomi in milwaukee <laughs> there was literally a like one of the like buses or whatever or uh yeah like transports or buses that would go from the hotel that they would put me up in straight to the potawatomi <laughs> and i would go and like i wouldn't lie to jenny about it but i wouldn't be in any hurry yeah. to tell her that i went to the casino yeah. and there were a couple of times where i like used a credit card instead of actual money right and that's addictive i mean yep. that's like destructive yeah for sure um and i've always joked that like anybody who goes with me to a casino instantly understands why i don't drink (laughs) (laughs) um because i'm definitely like very into it's definitely something that i feel like is probably not good for me if i'm honest um probably (laughs) the guy who uh taught his when he was leading young life taught his young life kids how to play street craps in the hotel room at a (laughs) The young life, young life outing is definitely not the guy that needs a casino. Um, and when I tell you I kept those kids' money, I kept those kids' money. Okay. Uh, yeah, teach them young. Yeah, you got to <laughs> teach them young when they got milk money. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think definitely for me, my gut instinct is like, hey, should there be casinos in your community or anywhere? My gut is like, if I'm honest, no. If, I, yeah. if I'm really honest, I'd love. To to go to one <laughs> right or, or my ego would my flesh would right but yeah yeah it's not a good idea yeah you know and i so for christians a lot of times when they that complete anti-gambling stance mm-hmm. you know i get where folks would come from and even the more legalistic side because you know they'll say um 
you're being a bad steward of your money. Mm-hmm. You know, it plays into coveting things. Mm-hmm. It um, takes your mind off of like whatever's true, whatever's noble, noble yeah. whatever's right. You know, um, you're doing things that lead, could lead to addiction. You're right. predicate like winning a gambling is predicated on other people that are losing. No, I hadn't thought about that. You know, and that's not really loving your neighbor well. <laughs> and yeah. so, which I I I do get and I understand, and and there's some validity in the wisdom around that. Mm. And um, I just think as we begin to think through gambling in and of itself, I, that's why I wrote down those questions because I thought, you know, there is, I don't want to be legalistic about this. I think there maybe is a wise way to approach this. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about casinos, yeah. it's a, you know, um, I told you someone had texted me that in Virginia last year um, or two years ago, Virginia made $3.2 billion off the lottery and ABC sales in yeah. 2019. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And um, and so the premise is it's what's called a sin tax. Yeah. Tell me more about yeah. that. Yeah. And so the premise is that these things like gambling or um, drinking, mm-hmm. which would be inherently sinful. Yeah. By, I, yeah. Yes. Southern uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bible Belt. They yeah. would determine it's sinful. What they would say is like, well, if these things are going to be happening anyway in our mm-hmm. state, let's make money off of it and let's take that money and tax it. Mm-hmm or that revenue and tax it so that it gets funneled into um, the places that are hurting. So in a hypothetical world, it would be casino comes in, revenue is produced, it gets taxed. That money that's being taxed is then sent towards um, schools. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, okay, yeah, let people gamble. We're just taxing. That's more, more revenue for our state. That's the premise of the syntax. Yeah. And I'm, I think my thing for so yeah, bringing it down to the local level. So we're kind of started by talking about gambling more widely. Yeah. But like when we think about casinos in Richmond, mm-hmm. um, what you know, I have mostly read has said like, yeah, that's the proposition what you just said. But like, here's how it's actually played out in other. It's kind of like the Olympics. Like it's good. Like you want your city to host oh the Olympics, gosh. but overwhelmingly, Never host the Olympics. overwhelmingly <laughs> the statistics are like, it's the worst thing you could possibly do for your city. And it really brings a, so I think for, if you're thinking about gambling more widely, so, you know, me and some folks playing blackjack for real money or whatever, like in our house or, or playing, um, Texas Hold'em or something. Mm-hmm. There's definitely that conversation. Yeah. Casino as a business, I think that even if you fall on the area of like, yeah, I I would go to a casino as a Christian and like have a good time because I know my intent is good and so on and so forth. There are places where the casino thing was built in from Jump Street. So if you go to Las Vegas or you go to Atlantic City, mm-hmm. those are not places that were doing, a th- that were, I mean, they were communities before those, but like, if it if the casinos in Vegas ruined that community, it was a long time. I mean, like, <laughs> like it it's predicated on the casinos being there already. Yeah. So it's not a there's a different question there. I think. Yeah, I think so. Whereas when it's opening a casino in a community that has traditionally not had those things, I think that's also a different. And for me, it's like kind of doesn't seem great. It, again, it seems like the syntax thing where it's like, well. We're acknowledging that it's not great, but it's it's doing something bad for a good reason. Yeah. I think, yeah. Which is an oversimplification. Right, right yeah. But, you know, I think the people that will be a proponent of it will use the revenue thing. Yeah. They'll use, it's good for the hospitality industry. Uh, you know, throughout the country, I think 
casinos employ over 2 million people. Um, and so they're, they'll use, uh, I, th- I read at one point, I'm trying to think of where it was, it might have been in the Atlantic, that they would say that employment, where, where counties that have casinos, employment is 10% higher than counties that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they'll say, like, for the jobs, for people and everything, it brings it brings more opportunities for people. There's, um, but the economics, uh, the ec- economists for the National Realtors Association, uh, like they say that it's actually bad mm-hmm. for a casino to come in. It's bad for um, the the housing market. It's it's bad for for people. So mm-hmm. it's an interest. There's like this push and pull on this stuff. Um, I wanted to read you something that was out of the Atlantic. One of the articles I read from 2017, I think it was said, while the gambling industry argues that the total number of problem gamblers remains small, the small minority is crucial to the industry's profits. One Canadian study found that 75% of casino customers who gamble most casually provide only 4% of casino revenues. Mm. But this this is what gets in. But a range of studies reviewed estimated that between forty to sixty percent of casino revenues are earned from problem gamblers. And as Amy Zeitlow observed in an important study commissioned by the IAV, um, those problem gamblers in, gamblers increasingly are drawn from the ranks of the vulnerable elderly. Half of the casino visitors are uh, over the age of fifty. Yeah, and if you've ever gone into yeah. any casino, but definitely like casinos that are not in Vegas, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of yeah. older people, kind of sadly sitting at the slot. Like they don't look like they're having a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, the they, they even in this study they they go through and they look at the marketing yeah. that casinos do, and it's actually geared towards sixty and up. Mm. So even to like seventy and eighty. Man, miles. have you ever been to a sad casino? I've not. No, Dude, sad casinos are sad. <laughs> that I mean, I'm. You know, I don't want to be judge, sound judgmental or anything, but, but like if you've ever been to like a sad casino, <laughs> it is literally what you think. It's yeah. like slightly overweight, older folks smoking cigarettes and just pulling that slot, you know, pulling the, the slot rail over and over and over again. Yeah. It's like it's not fun. I mean, it like doesn't feel celebratory. <laughs> yeah. And there's data out there. And again, some of this is like, again, it's it's. You can argue kind of both sides of this, but there's data out there that, you know, it hurts the lower income folks more, you know, than those that have disposable income. It, um, you know, once you get into compulsive gambling, um, there's there's some research that shows that when a casino comes in that the compulsive gambling increases but levels off over time. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, compulsive gambling feeds into like broken homes. People oh, get yeah. more debt. You're like there. There are so many other things that can translate from that. And so, to me, when I begin to look at is a casino a good thing in a community, I just don't see how it is. Yeah, that's you know, like I don't, I don't see, I just don't see how it is. To your point about Vegas, it's a whole other thing. I'm just talking <laughs> about like when a casino comes into a, like when it's going to come into Richmond. I don't understand. I get it. They'll say like, well, what about what's built around it? And we can get these concerts and we can do this, yeah. th- you know, I was, but I'm like, yeah, but the economic data doesn't show it's not recession proof. It doesn't show that it actually moves the needle as much as you say that it does. Yeah. And in the end, you're inviting worse behavior, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I think from a faith standpoint, there's just, there's a lot there to be wrestled with, you know, kind of not, Listen, if you've gone to a casino and you're a Christian and you went with some of your friends and you went and played blackjack or you did yeah. roulette, whatever, 
I'm not saying you're going to hell or anything. Yeah. I just, I, I get it. Um, it's it's more about how do we love our neighbors well, not yeah, like what th- is your a bigger a bigger picture here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would agree 100. percent And it is, um, you know, it's one of those things where, um, what is how do I put this? This feels like a longer, more existential conversation. <laughs> but when we talk about like, well, there's some problems, but it yeah. does a good thing. You know, again, as Christians, like Jesus is not real hot on that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is not real hot on the the means justifying the ends. I know. Um, I, he, yeah. As a matter of fact, there's probably an argument you could make for if you look at some of especially the, you know, um, some of the characters in the Old Testament, God's more likely to use somebody with the right heart who screws up all the time <laughs> than he is somebody with a bad heart who like, yeah. you know, that ends just, does that make sense? Well, in the end, the, the casino is a scheme, right? I, I mean, like it might be yeah, harsh the house language. Always, house yeah. always wins. The phrase in the house always wins. Yeah. I mean, like it's because if it didn't, procedure. the casino would shut down. Correct. <laughs> if it wasn't a scheme, it wouldn't stay Correct. open. <laughs> yeah. The heart behind the casino is, is not right. Like loving. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and it's a, there's something to be said too for like, cause again, you, like you said, so how do you extend this into like drinking or dancing <laughs> or like whatever, you know, the, um, but if a bar can't stay open unless people are alcoholics, that's like a thing we would need to sure. think about. And in the same way, like if, if, if what the Atlantic says is true from 2017, like if a business can't sustain, sustain itself without people who are unhealthy gambling, like yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. And someone might say, well, let's talk about drinking in that way or bars in that way. I mean, and that's, I, I, I know would. you. Yeah, you totally. I know you'd be on board for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm no, I get it. Um, yeah. But also uh, acknowledging the irony that I'm straight edge, but have probably have a gambling problem. <laughs> it comes out somewhere. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I feel like on the show we try not to end with determinations, but it's kind of like so. Casino's bad. <laughs> we like to leave it open ended. Except for this one time. (laughs) Um, Well, thanks, everybody out there for listening. Um, If you have thoughts, questions, quips, quotes, or comments, or casino defenses, um, (laughs) you can email them to staycurious at hillcityrva.com. You can um, leave a review and rate and review us if you'd like and share the episode so that other people can get in on the conversation. But as always, remember until next time to stay curious. curious.